All right. Thank you guys for leading us in worship this morning. Those are great, great songs, timely messages across the board. Um, it's amazing how God ministers to our hearts uh, just through, through music. Um, it really is. Um, I was sharing with the band that I actually received news about my, my friend Kevin um, right after announcements, right after we went into that second song and how appropriate it was that the song was bound for glory, that this world is not our home. And that is the truth that we have because of Jesus Christ, is that this is not our home. Uh, and that our eternity, if we have believed in Jesus, is sealed in heaven and we will spend eternity with him. And so uh, what a great truth that we have uh, because of Jesus Christ. And um, I do want to implore you, this is not in my notes, it's not in my plan, but uh, we'll get into this in just a minute. But I, I do want to say that um, life is fragile. We are not promised tomorrow. And if you are here today, maybe God in his grace and his mercy, he has brought you here, maybe just to hear this, that now is the time. Now is the time to put your faith and trust in him for salvation. Uh, maybe you've been putting it off. Maybe you feel awkward. Maybe you've been coming to church for a while, you think, and you've been wrestling with um, security of your salvation. Listen, because of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, all that he's done for us, we can know that we can have eternity with God. And not, salvation is not just about eternity with God, it's about having that relationship and being right before God. But I challenge you today, if you've never made that decision, uh, let's nail that down today. And so we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get into the text. And so, um, like I said, just something that just kind of was impressed upon my heart. So uh, today we're gonna be in Philippians uh, chapter two, and we're gonna look at just the first five verses there of Philippians chapter two. We're gonna be in verses uh, one through five. Um, before we read that passage, you know, again, just want to wish you a happy new year. It is 2022. Um, it is so crazy to say that, to think that, um, and man, it, it, it's absolutely nuts. I, I shared with the, uh, uh, the first service that when I was in middle school, I thought, man, come 2022, that man, we would, we would be driving hover cars, uh, I, I, there was a movie, popular movie out in the day and the guy was on a hover skateboard where like there were no wheels, just kind of hovered over the ground. I thought for sure that was gonna happen, right? Um, and yet we still are kind of connected to the ground with wheels and stuff like that. So, uh, but it is so crazy to think that it's 2022. And as a new year comes, obviously the most popular thing that happens as we celebrate a new year is people begin to kind of reflect and look at themselves and they begin to make resolutions. Um, maybe you, you've already made some resolutions or you're thinking through, okay, what are some changes? What are some things I want to do this year a little different than last year? Obviously, some popular ones, people want to read more. Um, I've heard the goal set that some people want to uh, read a, a book a month or maybe a, a, a book this year. <laughs> um, and so uh, a lot of people want to kind of just dive in and read some more. Some people want to save money especially coming off of Christmas. They're like, okay, we gotta rein that budget in. Uh, you know, we wanna put more away in savings into the bank account. So people make resolutions for that. Uh, a lot of people wanna learn a new skill or, or a hobby or maybe pick up an old skill or an old, an old hobby. 
Um, some people want to get organized. Uh, I don't know about you, but man, at my house over the last couple of days, my wife, man, we have, she's been, I say we, she has been organizing. I've just kind of been the, the labor force moving stuff and either this is getting donated or this is going to the trash. Um, and, and so a lot of people get organized in the beginning of the year. Uh, people want to eat healthier. Uh, people want to lose weight. The number one resolution that everybody makes, see if you guys know, let you guys kind of have a guess. What do you think that is? Get in shape, yeah, exercise, absolutely. That is the number one resolution. I mean, right now, uh, gym memberships go skyrocketing. This is when they make their, their money. This is when people buy the treadmills, they buy the, the bikes, the ellipticals, because it's like, we're gonna get in shape, right? Uh, yeah, and, and so we make all these resolutions, and a lot of times these resolutions are all focused on ourselves. They're focused on us. And if we are not careful, sometimes we take on this self-centered mentality and it rolls into our relationship with God. And what we have to realize is that God has us here for a purpose. And one of those purposes is so that you can have an impact on others. And so this year, as we start off the new year, as is praying through just what passage to preach from and what direction to go, I wanted to kind of just talk this morning about how to focus on others, to make this year not just about yourself, but to make this year about others as well. And there is a great passage uh, that is right here in Philippians chapter two that helps us, that helps us to evaluate where we are, but helps us to make sure our focus is on others. And it doesn't just, the main way it helps is it shows us very clearly how to do that. Uh, last week when Pastor Brian was preaching, he preached from Joshua chapter one in his introduction, he asked the question uh, in 2021, how many people did you share the gospel with? Uh, how many in intentional interactions did you have with people? And it really got me thinking as I was there and I was taking, taking notes, it was just like, man, you know, there were a lot of people that I should have shared the gospel with I, and, and I didn't. And there's a variety of different reasons, but one of the main reasons is because sometimes I even get focused on myself and not focused on others. Sometimes I even get caught up in the busyness of church, the busyness of ministry in the big picture and forget about the individuals. Um, sometimes I don't share the gospel because I'm focused on myself and the fear that I'm having and what that person might think about them instead of being really concerned about them. And so it just kind of brought all this full circle as I was kind of getting ready. And so our goal today is we wanna learn how to focus on others. And so we're gonna use this passage out of Philippians and just to kind of give you some context behind the book of Philippians real quick uh, is that it was written, this book was written by Paul to a church that was in the city of Philippi. And Philippi was a Roman uh, city. And in fact, uh, Philippi was the first city that the Apostle Paul went to after he received what is called the Macedonian call. Is that this is the first city that he went to where he was intentional about reaching out to Gentiles, non-Jewish people. You can read about this in Acts. In Acts chapter 16, you read about him going to this city at Philippi and you would think if God called him to go to this city, that it would just be smooth sailing. But as he gets into Philippi, he actually ends up in jail. He was traveling with a guy named Silas and he ends up in jail and he ends up in jail because he was sharing the gospel, because he had changed the life of a young servant girl with the gospel message. 
And so, but we see that Paul did all of this because his focus was not on himself, but his focus was on others. And so what Paul does is later in his life, he ends up in prison in Rome. And there's some debate about what type of prison. He could have been either in a house prison or he could have been in an actual like Roman jail cell prison. The, the main point is we know that Paul was in prison when he wrote this letter to the church in Philippi. And you would think if you got put in prison for sharing the gospel, I don't know about you, but I would be having a pretty big pity party and be focused on myself, right? Be asking God a lot of questions. Why? Why is this happening? Why me? Why now? I thought I love, you know, I thought you loved me. But Paul's focus was always on Jesus and always on others. And so while he was there in prison, he's sharing the gospel with the Roman guard, but then he's writing letters to different churches, and Philippi was one of the churches that he wrote to, and this is why we have the letter of Philippians. And so let's read these first few verses here in Philippians chapter two, and then we're gonna go back and we're gonna kind of slowly look at them as we talk about how to focus on others. If then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, any fellowship with the Spirit, any uh, affection and mercy, Make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Verse three, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. And then verse five, adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus. And so this morning, what we want to do is we want to go back through these verses one at a time. And what we want to see as we start this new year, we want to see how we can put our focus, not on ourselves, but how we can put our focus on others. So the first thing, if we're going to put our focus on others, we've got to examine, you've got to examine your faith. In verse one, in verse one, Paul says this, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation of love, that means comfort of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy. So he uses this statement, if, and a lot of times we hear the statement, if, and we kind of think it more like in the lines of possibilities, but what Paul was talking about is, he was talking about not more possibilities, but actually because of the certainties of our relationship with God, because we have this certainty of encouragement in Christ, the certainty of comfort of love, because we have certainty of fellowship with the Spirit, certainty of affection and mercy, because we have these certainties, then we are now to love others. We are to make others our focus. And so what Paul is doing is he is trying to prove a point here in verse uh, one. And he wants them to examine their faith. Hey, listen, if you have really experienced Jesus, if you have really experienced Christ, then your life should show it. Uh, one pastor says this about these verses. He said, Philippians chapter two goes straight to the heart he says, if the gospel is true, then your life should look like it is true. You know, if we have received God's love, then we should also show God's love. You see, the love of God is what should motivate us to do what we do as Christians. And so the question has to be asked right now. Have you received God's love? Because if you have, listen to what 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8 say. It says, Dear friends, let us love one another because love is from 
God. And everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Listen to the truth of verse eight. The one who does not love does not know God. Why? Because God is love. I love 1 John, it's very black and white. It's very straight to the point, right? But look again, what verse eight, if you do not love, maybe it's because you do not know God. Why? Because God is love. And so we have to start, if we're gonna focus on others, we have to, again, examine our faith, examine our relationship with God, because that is the springboard that leads us to loving others. It's not outward things, it's not trying harder because we don't have the strength in and of ourselves to love people the way God wants us to because we have this sinful flesh. And so we have to be willing to, again, do a quick heart check and make sure that we have experienced God's love. Therefore, now we can show God's love to others. The second thing, how we can focus on others is to make unity a priority. To make unity a priority, verse two says, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. So Paul, again, is writing to the Philippian church and he's trying to encourage them in the relationship with God. And it's been said that the book of Philippians is one of the most joyous books that's out there, which is very ironic considering where Paul is at. But again, what we've even seen as we went through our Advent series, what Jesus does for us with his hope, his joy, his love, his peace is not based on our circumstances, but it's solely based in who he is. That's the beauty of the gospel. But so Paul is writing to the Philippian church and he says, make my joy complete. You see, unity in the church was Paul's deep concern. He had gotten word that there were some disagreements happening and that unity was beginning to kind of uh, be fractured a little bit. And so he's gonna spend some time right here in chapter two, he goes straight forward. He says, make my joy complete. And so unity was one of the biggest things there. It wasn't his release for prison. He never really asked for that. He prayed for boldness. He wanted people to pray for him for boldness, but he wanted them, the church, to be unified. And he says this, united in spirit and then intent on one purpose. You see, Paul's goal was for the church to be united. It had to be a priority. And if we're going to make unity a priority, we've got to make Jesus our focus, but then we also have to make others our focus. And the reason why is because there is a difference of unity and uniformity. You see, unity comes from within, Uniformity comes from the outside. Paul's goal is that they would be united. Again, look at the text there. Having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. And that purpose is the gospel. That purpose is Jesus. And so that unity starts from within. You see, the gospel is what unites all of us. And that starts on the inside. One of the most beautiful things that I love to do is to look at the church body as a whole. When I say look at the church body, I mean actually look at the people, see the people. Even in this room together, we have different people from different backgrounds, different interests, different uh, upbringings, if you will. But what brings us all here for this one purpose, this one meeting, is Jesus. See, there are people that you're in this room with that you might not normally associate with. 
maybe different reasons, maybe very surface level reason, maybe they root for a different college football team. They might root for the Florida Gators. But yet, we got UCF Knights in here, by the way, the Knights be the Gators. Right, anyhow, uh, I had to slide that in there because Daryl and Bob are right here. Um, and, and so anyhow, but no, we've got different people that would never be in the same building. But what brings us together is Jesus Christ. And so again, what we see in this passage is this, is that we have to make unity a priority. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians chapter one, verse 27. It says, just one thing, as citizens of heaven, live your life worthy of the gospel of Christ. Again, this world is not our home. Our citizenship is in heaven. So live worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whether I come and see you or, I am, or am absent, I will hear about you, that you are standing firm in one spirit, in one accord, contending together for the faith of the gospel. So even right there, out of the gate, Paul is reminding them of, again, because of the gospel, we, that's what makes us united. And so we need to make unity a priority if we are going to focus on others. Third thing that he says, verse 3, if we're going to focus on others, we have to humble ourselves or you have to humble yourself. Verse 3 says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. I have to breathe and have to pause on this verse because this is one of these hard verses in the Bible that we can read over and we can glance at. But this is probably one of the hardest verses. These next couple of verses are some of the hardest verses to actually apply in real life. Again, verse three, look at it in your, in your Bibles. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. He starts and says, God reminds us to do nothing. You know, so many times when it comes to focusing on others, we make excuses. I make excuses. But right here it says do nothing. So no matter the situation, no matter what you're doing or where you go or who's around you or who's watching, no matter what you feel like, no matter what the pressure is from this culture, which our culture that we live in is a definitely a me first, others, now I wouldn't even say next, but others last culture. We like the idea, our culture likes the idea of helping others. But the main theme of our culture and the main theme of even the Roman culture was, it's all about yourself. And we'll talk about that in just a second. And so again, he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. Selfish ambition is putting your self-interest above others. Conceit is pride. It's thinking better of yourself than others. Conceit is the delusion that we are better and that we are more important and that my life is more important. I like to look at different translations when I'm studying a passage uh, I always like to go back to the, the Greek or the Hebrew or whatever we're at, but then also like to look at different uh, vers versions of the scriptures that are out there. And so um, when it came to Philippians chapter two, verse three, I looked at the King James and the King James uses this word called vain glory for conceit. And the idea of vain glory is glory of uh, the self that looks attainable 
but it's actually empty. That's what conceit is. It's thinking that you're actually better than somebody, and so you're gonna elevate yourself, you're gonna pursue that, but it's actually really empty. To help kind of illustrate this truth, I, you guys know I love bringing illustrations and, and, and everything, and so one of the things I, I have here is I brought some bubbles. And uh, you know, when you have kids, it helps you just kind of stay a kid, right? But everybody loves bubbles, but uh, anyhow, here's the thing with bubbles. You blow them out there, and you try to grab them, and it's empty. You keep grabbing, you keep reaching. And it's really fun to watch the little kids do that because they actually think they're gonna get something and they're like upset and there's nothing in there, right? And so you just keep blowing, you keep blowing. But that, that picture of grabbing those bubbles, that's a picture of when we put ourselves before others. That's a picture of what it means to live and to be conceited. And so today's truth from scripture is what we see is that we see that, that living that type of lifestyle is very empty. It's not just very empty, but even as these bubbles are childish, living that lifestyle spiritually, it's immature, it's childish. And so we have to, again, according to the truth today, evaluate and see, okay, where is my focus? How am I living my life? Am I just consumed with myself or is my focus on others. Warren, Warren Wearsby says this about this verse. He says, when we have selfish ambition and conceit, we are putting ourselves on the throne and take on a me first mindset. Therefore, making, listen to this, ourselves an idol. Basically saying, I am God. Therefore, my interests, my ways are way important, important than yours. And so again, this verse has been so hard because as I was preparing for it this week, I don't know, I think it was just God put me in certain situations and they were small. For example, the other day, um, I was, we were organizing, right? And then looked at the clock, it's like, oh, it's two o'clock, I haven't eaten lunch, I'm gonna make myself a quick sandwich. And in my house, anytime Aaron and I, we make food, it's like all of a sudden, like we won't have any kids in the house and then all of a sudden, boom, there they are. They're like, can I have one? And so I had just finished making, it's, it's this pepperoni sandwich that I make, okay? You toast the bread, little mayonnaise, pepper jack cheese, little pepper on there, right? Put about five or six pepperonis, then we have this little like deli sandwich stuff. Oh, it's amazing, right? Okay, so excited about it. Just got finished making the sandwich, just finished putting everything back into the fridge. And my kids said, hey, can I have a sandwich too? Can I tell you, everything in me is like, dude, you're like 15, you're 13, make your own sandwich, please, you know? But then I'm thinking about this passage and I'm like, okay, here I am getting ready as their dad, I'm gonna stand up and preach. And I'm, anyhow, so I went ahead, got everything back out, made the sandwich. And so I, I, I share that silly example because loving and focusing on others, it's in the small things. It's not just in the big things. It's in the small conversations. It's in the small acts of love. And so in verse three, go back there real quick. Look at it. Look at your Bibles. It says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. See, humility is the secret. Humility isn't thinking negatively about yourself. Humility is actually not even thinking about yourself, being consumed with Jesus and being consumed with others. 
One commentary I read said this. It says, the Lord, excuse me, the word humility, this is so interesting. The word humility was coined when the church was birthed. The Greek world did not even have a word for humility because it was considered of such low value and utterly detestable to the Romans. So again, Philippi is in, a Roman, is in the Roman culture. So the idea of humbling yourselves to somebody else, that was not the Roman thought. That's, again, just like our culture, putting others first, that is not in the DNA of our culture. That is not in the DNA of the different messages that we have that bombard us every single week. In your corporations, in your workplaces, the goal is I wanna get ahead, I wanna make more money, and so sometimes I'm gonna go about putting other people down so that I can get ahead. And we've gotta be careful about that. And then he says, consider others as more important. He says, regard and believe that others are more important. Don't just pretend. Don't just say. Don't just do something to impress others, but actually care about others. Consider them as more important than yourselves. And we have to realize that humility, it starts with surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40. Look at what uh, Jesus says here in this interaction. Teacher, which command in the law is the greatest? He said, Jesus said to him, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the greatest and most important command. You see, it starts with humbling ourselves to Jesus then, in verse 39, the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And all the law and the prophets depend on these two verses. Man, this is a, these are loaded verses here. You can make a message out of just these verses alone. But it all starts with humbling ourselves to God and then to others. Verse 4 in Philippians chapter 2. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather to the interests of others. So how do we focus on others? We have to look toward others. I know that sounds like, duh, but look, look, look at what the text says. Everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather the interests of others. This word look here in the Greek, uh, it's the word skopeo, which just simply means, it's actually where we get our English word, scope, where we can magnify and we can look through something and we can see with a closer thing. And so I didn't bring a hunting scope in here. I didn't think it would be appropriate to bring a rifle with a scope on it, all right? So I brought some binoculars, all right? So it's got like two scopes on it. It's a little bit more, you know, appropriate for church. And so anyhow, but when you look through these binoculars, I can begin to see some faces. I think I see Les Crosby back there. Yeah, there he is, okay. There's Jeff Sellers back over there. And so, but it, again, what does it do? It helps you lean in. It helps you to look closer, to see. That's exactly what this verse is saying here. So everyone should look not to his own interests, but rather the interests of others. When is the last time that you scopeoed, that you looked at the interest to see what the needs are of those that are around you? As I was studying for this, I wanted to, again, just begin to apply God's word in my own life. And when's the last time I scopeoed, looked to the interest of my wife or your spouse? When's the last time I scopeoed, looked to the interest of my kids, not just kind of pacified them with a little bit of dad time, but actually looked to their interests. 
to see who they really are and to see what I can do to love them. Not just give them some material thing, but to actually love them, to put my focus on them. When's the last time that we look to our neighbors and see what we could do to love them? Not just be a good humanitarian neighbor, but actually love them and care for them. When's the last time that we looked at our coworkers as work is starting back and you're going back to work this week or maybe you've been at work, it's so easy just to kind of get stuck in that busy mode. But actually look at those that God has placed around you and look at their interests. Hone in on them and see, okay, how can I love them? How can I show them the love of Jesus Christ? Very practically speaking here at church, it's very easy as you come to church, especially if this is your home church, to make this just, you show up, hang out with the people you normally hang out with, and you don't try to get to know anybody new. We have to be very careful that, to realize that God has placed this church by his divine sovereignty here in the Buck Lake community on the east side of Tallahassee, and we are now in one of the fastest growing areas of Tallahassee. All right, I mean, we got stuff going up everywhere. <laughs> and we get upset about it, but then we don't realize, okay, there's gonna be people that are involved to this. So how, how, when, when, when new people come to the church, there shouldn't ever be a visitor that walks in here to where they're not at least greeted by multiple people and just noticing, say, hey, I'm glad you're here. That's what it means to look to the interests of others. As we look to the interests of others, we see that there are physical needs, emotional needs, but ultimately the biggest need that every person has is that they have a spiritual need. And we've gotta be willing to do something about that. So the ultimate interest that everybody has is that they need a relationship with God, whether they know it or not. And yet God has placed you in their life for such a time as this. You know, I've had the privilege of going into working with some different church planners all around the United States, um, over in Jacksonville, up in Cincinnati, over in New Orleans. And some of the key things that I see in each of their lives, and it's very consistent, is that they are very intentional with their interactions with people. And what I mean by that is that where they go to eat they want to get the same waitress. I've even seen that in Brian and Bonnie's uh, life. Even as my youth pastor, now as my pastor, they'll frequent the same thing. And I give him a hard time for always going to the same restaurant and always ordering the same food. But what I've realized, there's intention behind that to where they get to know those waitresses, those waiters. They're very intentional. Uh, grocery stores, I don't know about you, but here's what I'm guilty of. When I go to check out, I begin to do this formula in my mind where it's like I look at the line, I look at what they, people have in the line, I look at the, the person, you know, the cashier that's checking out, I look at the bag and I'm like, okay, which one's gonna be the fastest? And normally, <laughs> I think this is God having a sense of humor, it ends up, you know, the lady busts out all the coupons that are all out of date, and it's like, okay, and you're in the middle, there's no getting out of line. But I say that and I use that illustration because instead of when I go to public say, oh, okay, God, what cashier do I need to be intentional about reaching out to this year? Who do I need to get to know? Not just see their name tag, but actually get to know them. And no matter the line, actually go in their line and show the love of Christ. 
And then that way, when I do have the opportunity to invite them to church, or I do have an opportunity to say, hey, how can I pray for you? There's some weight there, and the reason why is because there's relational credibility. And that's what it means to have the interest. And that's just a very simple example of what it means to look toward others. And so, but the ultimate goal is that people need to hear about Jesus Christ, and God wants to use us to do that. And as we wrap up here, verse five. If we are going to focus on others, verse five shows us how to do that, and it's just simply follow Jesus' example. Verse five says, adopt the same attitude of that of Christ Jesus. You see, you wanna learn how to love others? Look to Jesus. The next few verses uh, I wanted to have on the screen. I know that you have them, you know, in your Bible. But I wanted you to see these verses because these verses show us how Jesus loved others. Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 through 8 says this. Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited or to be grasped. Verse seven, instead he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity, and then even when he had come as a man, verse eight, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. What powerful verses that show us what Jesus was about. He was about others. First John chapter four reminds us of this same truth. Verses nine and 10. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. You see a Philippians chapter uh, two, verse five says adopt. This word adopt means to take in, to make yours. What are we to adopt? The same attitude that as Christ Jesus. Again, very easy scripture to read, very hard to actually apply to our own lives because we must follow Jesus' example by focusing on others, not ourselves. So the question we have to ask ourselves is, does the way that we treat others, the way that we treat those that are closest in our home, does it follow Jesus' example that we just read there? I want to close today with these last few verses out of 1 John. These are verses, 1 John chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. It says this, Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we also must love one another. There's no option. It says we must love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us, and his love is made complete in us. I love this verse because it reminds us, this shows, hey, listen, you want to show God, you want to show, you want people to see God? Then look at how you are treating others. Look at who you're focused on. And so this year, as we begin 2022, there's nothing wrong with making resolutions. There's nothing wrong with wanting to make yourself a better person, but we have to be reminded from the truth here in scriptures that we need to be focused on others. And I guarantee you, as I studied this, God has been working on me. I guarantee you there are probably some areas that you might need to change as well. But if you're gonna begin to focus on others, it starts again 
not with you trying harder yourself because we don't have the strength in ourselves. If you're gonna focus on others, it starts with having a relationship with God. Kind of like how I just started the service out with, if there has never been a time in your life when you have realized that you need Jesus because of your sins and that your sins separate you from God and there's nothing you can do, no matter how good you are to others, there's nothing you can do to take away your sins. That's why God sent Jesus. He paid the price for your sins. He died on the cross, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. Why? To pay the price for your sins and so that you can have forgiveness. This is not something that just comes automatically. You have to do something. You have to put your faith and trust in him. You have to repent and you have to believe in him. Have you done that today? If you haven't done that, you can do that right now in the quietness of your heart. Hunter and the band, they're gonna come and lead us here. They're gonna close us out with one more song. Even during that song, the truth of that song, let the truth of this song even be a way for you to put your trust in Jesus. But we would love to talk with you about that. I'll be down here at the front. Jeff will be over here. Guarantee you've got people around you that would love to talk to you about nailing down your salvation. If you are saved, listen. The challenge we have from God's word today is to not focus on ourselves, but to make sure that we're focusing on others. Let's pray. God, we come to you and we thank you for this moment that you have given us. God, we just pray now. God, at first, I wanna pray for those that are in this, in this building that have maybe never made the decision to believe in you. God, I pray today would be the day of their salvation. God, for everybody else who has believed in you, God, I pray that you would help us to not focus on ourselves, but Jesus, to focus on you and to focus on others. Jesus, help us to follow your example. We love you so much, and in your name we pray, amen.